Hey, this is Russell, and I'm pretty sure I have one of the greatest jobs in the world. I work at the video store, the one that's just down the road from you that you can go to once a week whenever it is movie night. Why I love this job is because when the store is quiet, I get to watch movies and series and talk about them with my friends that work here. Each week, we can help you pick what you could be watching on streaming platforms and out in cinemas, and interesting people pop in to rent something. All right, let's open up the shop. Did you see that thing yesterday on the TV? How's it, dudes? Hello. Hello, Russ. <laughs> uh, another day. Another, another day here at the video store. Yeah. Another day, another rand. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't work as well. Doesn't, Doesn't draw off the time. The same click. Um, we all went to go watch Guardians of the Galaxy last night. That we did. Because hmm. we were celebrating Graham's birthday. Yay! Yay. Another year. Yeah. Another. <laughs> another year, another backache. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, the tension headache. I really liked Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. We were just saying now how unique it is in amongst all those superhero movies. And although it still sort of had its bad guy that kind of wanted to take over the, the worlds galaxy, or yeah. create the worlds or whatever, yeah. it was less about that and more about them and saving a friend. Yeah, yes. And so it was refreshing that even in its main plot... It wasn't like all the others, but even in its look and feel, if anything, it was like, for me at least, very punk rock in the sense that James Gunn clearly had... Commercialized punk rock. Yeah, 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 totally. I mean, it's James Gunn, who's the director of these and the writer and the director, it's very much his vision. He definitely had some kind of punk rock, dark, twisted, sort of early (laughs) output. And now he's been given $200 million and he's he's been able to make something very cool Mm. and uniquely him, which I think is is very cool. Um, And so I really liked it. Yeah. Did you guys feel the same? I think it's definitely it's saving grace. I think in general, I've just, I'm I'm kind of, I'm like sick of Star-Lord and Drax and all Marvel (laughs) characters. It's like just, there's so many stories that feel so much the same. Yes. Right? So it's kind of like watching it happen again. Um, even though, like you said, it doesn't focus too much on the bad, the super bad guy taking over the world narrative, it's it's just a fatigue, and I think I'd like for that to pass in a couple of years and come back to it. Well, that's why this yeah. is this is the kind of end of it yes. in, in many ways. This yeah. is the end of the Guardians as we know it. They could very easily come back, and I'm sure they might. Yes, but they also might not. Yeah. Um, this might be the end of that, which is cool. Well, the post credit scene did say the legendary Star Lord will return. So he'll be back. Yeah. And they kind of set up a new team at the end. Yeah. Yes. You know, new Guardians. So I think they'll definitely do more yeah. with it, but I think it's good. I don't know if we'll get another Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I think that yeah. little subplot of Rocket, that yes. viewers will experience of Rockets in the lab. Yes. His, his little his animal origin friends, sort of story. Were gorgeous. Yeah. Just so endearing. Nice. Yeah. So, 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 cute. so basic uh, back of the box of the movie is that they spend um, most of the time going into the backstory of Rocket Raccoon, which is the little raccoon character mm. uh, voiced by Bradley Cooper. He's kind of the guy James Gunn clearly wants to be the main character. Well, apparently he always was. Mm. He's, uh, Bradley Cooper said that from the beginning, this was the plan. Right. And he was like, well, let's see, because things always change. <laughs> yeah. 
And then when he read the script, he's like, James was right. Mm. This is what it was always going to be. It was always going to be about Robert um, fucking Raccoon. Robert yeah. Raccoon. Robert <laughs> Raccoon. His cousin. <laughs> Robert Rodriguez Raccoon. <laughs> um, no, but it's great. I think it totally delivers. Um, I was so appreciated that it was kind of written a bit more for grown-ups. In a sense yeah. that it was a bit more dark. It was a bit more smarter than more adolescent humor. Yeah. It was also incredibly violent. It was. Totally. Way more violent than I was expecting it to yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's sort of, it's yeah, it's made for, it felt more grown up. Yeah. Than the others. Where, it felt where like I that, think yeah. Also Spider-Man, the first MCU F-bomb. Yeah. Was so it the first? It was the first, yeah. oh, the wow. first F word to ever it's be that, said. It's that first, that one F bomb or that one swear word you can use in a PG 13 rating, yeah. right? That's yeah. it. And yeah. so they've been trying, apparently, all the actors have been trying with bloopers and other versions <laughs> and, you know, other retakes <laughs> yeah. to try and get one in because if it's so good, mm. the editor will be like, okay, this is the one that we can use. Yeah. Um, and he's like, I got one in. Nice. So he's very proud of himself. Old yeah, Chris works. Pratt. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was great. Uh, I then last week, um, went to a press screening of Bo is Afraid, which some of you guys were meant to join. I would love to have done that. Yeah. Oh, Lordy. Yeah. Lordy. It is out in cinemas now. Um, it's a very difficult film. Um, I appreciate having seen it. I appreciate knowing where the line is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, we definitely yeah. found a line. Um, Ari Aster, Aster, Aster. How do you pronounce his no name? No idea. Ari Aster. Yeah, Aster. Sorry. Is a very smart filmmaker, hmm. and he knows and understands cinema very well. So he's not an idiot. No. So when you are confused and when you don't know what's going on, that is on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that was something I needed to realize halfway through where. When you're dealing with like a first-time filmmaker or an amateur or someone that's trying or someone that's doing something overly ambitious, it's difficult because sometimes you then go, I don't understand what's going on. Who's he? What? Right. That's just bad filmmaking. Right. It's bad this storytelling. Guy, this guy knows exactly so what he's doing. That's probably not happening with him. So then when you watch this movie and you're like, this is one of the most upsetting, I said to Graham, it, it feels like a feverish nightmare. Hmm. <laughs> oh, weird. So it's not like... When you say like bonkers, bonkers is perhaps the wrong word because like everything yeah. everywhere all at once was bonkers, yeah. but it was right. fun. It was a yes. fun bonkers. This is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> How but, much of a horror was it? Oh, at times like haunting. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at times like crazy. There was like also this kind of Lynchian horror, like David Lynch, Whoa. a film like um, Lost Highway, where all of a sudden you're like, wait, what? Yeah. You know, when it, the whole script kind of like flips. Yes. Right. And you're like, I don't even understand what the fuck is, who the fuck, what? <laughs> and then, of course, there's like a couple of like body horror shocks in this movie as well. Right. So, so here's my advice, and we can talk about it more in the cash up, um, which is our chat that we're going to have later. Um, but um, don't go into it without knowing exactly who Ari Aster is. And what Hereditary was like as a film, and Midsummer, yeah. like know what you're coming for, and then it could be amazing if you lean in and know this is going to be confusing, and it's going to be disturbing, and it's going right. to be weird, and it's going to be long, and it's going to be testing the boundaries of cinema. Then fucking watch it; it's great. But if you're just like, oh, it's Wacky and Phoenix, this could be interesting. 
oh my god. Yeah, yeah that, you described it as unwatchable. Yeah, oh, no, a, not unwatchable, unsellable. Unsellable. And that just made Cole and myself and Gad all want to see it more. <laughs> yeah. No, watch it so that you can see it. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit like Enter the Void. Like, watch that movie so that you can see what is possible in cinema. Yes. Do you, do you recommend people watch it in a theater? Or is the kind of movie you think people should wait for it to come out on home release so they can pause it when they want to and walk away from uh, it? Maybe, but just... <laughs> At this point, if you really want to watch it, like yeah. watch it, like just watch it in cinema. There mm. is some cinematic elements to it, but but yeah, no, it's just it's just wild to know where the where the line is. Yes, but and people um, are trying to find it. People but yeah, are pushing it. Um, one thing to just also mention now is um, who's going to be on the show today, which is Stephanie B. She is on Five FM. She is your morning. She's like nine to twelve. Right. Oh, amazing, and she's lovely, and um, she's going to pop in for a chat. But let's um, let's uh, before she arrives. Is there anything else to mention? I um, watched John Mulaney's new stand-up okay. special cool. on Netflix. It's called Baby J. <laughs> okay. Do you know John Mulaney? So he was the voice of the villain in Puss in Boots: The Last Wish, and he yes. was incredible. That's right. Oh yeah, you he's got such a great yeah. he's got such a great demeanor to him. He almost feels like other timely yes mm-hmm. like he sort of was an actor in the 50s you know yeah. like of hollywood like pictures jimmy stewart type. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got like another sort of charm to him that makes him very different and the whole special is about his stint in rehab his intervention with his friends i didn't know he had a, a drug sure. a drug problem wow. but he turned the whole thing from the intervention to being in rehab to coming out of rehab like you turn the whole thing into a special. So it's like, it's very interesting because it's just unlike anything you've seen before where it's like, oh, my family or what's Have you de- ever done this? What's the deal with airports? Yeah. Like it's, it's, <laughs> him, it, it's him being so vulnerable and so personal and, and, and making not a joke out of it, mm. but seeing Always the, look on the bright side of life. Just put, yeah, just using the way he knows how to articulate himself which is in comedy cool interesting so yeah baby yeah. j was really good should we talk about what we just saw um let's save that for next week okay, we, cool. we are we are going to all these press screenings and media screenings it's it's quite exciting we're very honored to to have been invited and um but yeah bo bo's afraid yeah was a was a press awesome. screening that I, I got to watch last week and um that's what we so needed stoked. to kind of talk about now right. yeah um, just to premise that, but we can keep chatting in our cash up, which is after this. Yep. Um, one other thing to mention is we saw a trailer for June. Yes. Part two, which is really <laughs> exciting and kind of, it's weird for me because I'm reading the book. Now. I was going to say, how have you made progress on that? Where are you? In I'm, the book? Trudge- I'm trudging through it. <laughs> it's a hard book for some people to get through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, still alive. Oh, okay, you're in, okay. You're in movie one still. I'm okay. still in movie one, yeah. but I'm still like, I'm quite a chunk into the book. Mm. Okay, yeah. But, um, it's cool, but you're yeah. going to know it's split into three parts. Do they say books in the book? They say book one, book two, book? three books? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was um, two for some reason. Yeah, yeah. And the third one's really short, but then when book two starts, that's going to be the start of the next yeah. Dune movie. Yeah. And the trailer where Paul is on the Dune yes. with the Thumper is basically the start of the second book. Yes. It's a fucking great scene. The thumper is that little device that, that seems to worm. attract yeah. the worm. Yeah. Because and they attract it, it on purpose. Yeah, yeah well, because it looks like he's going to kind of ride it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's so cool. Wow. It's so amazing. It's like his final test. Yeah. It's become a full-on Freeman. Yeah, because then, then I saw, I saw his, his eyes go blue. Yeah, so he's been ingesting in the, the spice. Yeah. 
Um, oh, and that's that what happens. Happen? It's a sign of yeah, because the yeah. spice is like in the air, all over the planet. Yes, basically, so it's going to happen. Yeah. And then you okay. saw, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, all of us don't. For all those who don't excited, really yeah. know what's going on, but basically, it's it's this incredible world that gets built. Dune was a very famous book which came out in the 1950s, 50s, yeah, like yeah. 50s. pre Star Wars, um, it's inspired, pre everything, and um, and it's famously been the been the book that. Unadaptable That's science almost fiction. Unadaptable. Yeah. Um, and they've tried. Um, there was one attempt that was a sort of a cheesy 80s. Now, white people in the desert thing. It's like whitewashed sci fi. David yeah. Lynch. David Lynch, Lynch. That he tried just owned. It. Then, yeah, he, yeah, then there Which was. Which look, a, by the way, I have to say, I love a big swing and a miss. Yeah. It's yeah. great. And yeah. it's a big swing and a big miss. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, um, for those who I'm sure most know, but um, uh, Denis Villeneuve, who's um, a very accomplished um, filmmaker, has tackled it. And he has done the first part, which came out last year. And. Um, very smartly, two years, um, ago, yeah. two years ago, yeah, two years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Fuck time, yeah, it's wild. Um, and uh, yeah, needed to kind of accomplish it in two films, yeah. So, so the first part is out. I'm so happy they did that, okay, yeah, cool. And then now part two is coming out, and um, at the end saw... of this year, so something I want to say now, I'm putting it out into the universe, fucking a la eat, pray, love style. No, the secret, <laughs> um, the secret, yeah, what you attract, yeah. <laughs> Um, is, manifesting. Um, there is an amazing um, lecturer that I had at Varsity. Yeah. Who I bumped into at 44 Stanley the other day. Cool. Who teaches a course on Dune. Like wow. he actually does a class on Dune. Oh, what? Hmm. And listening to English professors speak is one of the most inspiring it's things amazing. I've ever <laughs> it's so great. Um, had in my life. And, and um, so ahead of part two coming out, he said he'll be on the podcast. Oh, great. So that'll be like a special June guest yeah. where you guys obviously have to kind of lead things. <laughs> yeah, please, let's be involved. Um, but yeah, um, we will chat a little bit more in the cash up, which is the chat that's going to come in after um, uh, my chat with Stephanie. Yeah. So please stick around um, for a little more huck with old Graham and Cole. But um, for now, let's get into it. This is Stephanie B., popping in to rent something hey hi how are you um you know surviving i've been better oh yeah and you i'm doing good <laughs> i don't know i sound a little bit nasally and i'm going to apologize ahead of time are you feeling a bit sicky i'm feeling a little bit sickies and i'll let you in on a little secret if you work somewhere in like an enclosed space with no windows yeah. and you have to share mics. Yeah. You have to share desks. Uh, Just everything touching like that. knobs touching everything, everything. Knobs and, and everything. It's gross. It is grosser than what it sounds. Um, if you, one person gets sick, we all get sick. Okay. So there is a virus uh, currently spreading around <laughs> the station. We have identified uh, patient zero and yeah. she is on... Um, not very good terms with most of us because oh. yeah you know it's at least it's not like it was two years ago where you honestly felt like you were tom hanks in philadelphia okay. like if you oh. had some kind of a little cough you'd like sneeze and you're like it's not covid it's yeah. not covid guys. i promise i, I promise pro i promise i've been tested and, like 32 times and even if it's not your fault like god fucking help you <laughs> if two years ago you gave your friends covid like they would hate you dude uh, people were removed from friendship groups. Like they were taken out of the group chats. They were blocked on socials. It was, <laughs> it was wild. And so, and so this is, the, okay. So here's the yeah. interesting fact. Mm. Well, here's the interesting thing to chat about is um, 
um, in that sort of time of COVID, in and out the waves, I was away in this kind of bush lodge. Okay. And next to us was a, a guy who was, we were eavesdropping on this conversation. And he was involved, he, he was quite a bigwig. I forget who he was, but he, he, he was involved in sort of like the leading campaigns around AIDS in South Africa oh, and helping, wow. helping kind of raise awareness. I think yes. he, was in the, he was a member of parliament. Okay. He, I forget exactly who he was. But he said something great, which was like the biggest mistake they ever did in that whole battling of AIDS in South Africa was saying AIDS kills. Because they were trying all different things. They were throwing everything at the wall. How do we stop this pandemic? And yes. the one thing was, it kills. And then he was like, that was the biggest mistake. Striking, because, oh, who would have thought? Striking the fear of God into humans because, is not a good idea. Yeah, because now all of a sudden, <laughs> if you were a member of a community, yes. be it you know, your rural village mm -hmm. or whatever, and you were now lining up at the AIDS clinic. Clinic. Then for tests, even just for a test. Then or that was bad. Then yeah. it was people weren't coming out, or mm -hmm. they were afraid to be seen there. Mm -hmm. So the best thing you could have done, they realize now, was to just like try their best to normalize it. Like and this is education not, rather than fear. Yeah, this is not yeah. this like crazy scary thing. We can battle it. We can work it together. It's in our communities. It's something we're living with. Try and normalize it. So we certainly didn't learn then. Because <laughs> then COVID came around. We're like, COVID girls. I mean, yeah. it, it did. But like, no, no. Mm, it, yeah. Anyways. Anyway. Okay, but it's not the COVIDs. No, no, no. It's not COVID. I did. <laughs> Everyone's got their word for it. Trust COVID. me, uh, Russell. I did do a test. I actually have some of those like little flow kits that you can test at oh, home cool. now. Oh, you see, yeah. Look at me. Uh, 21st century tech. Uh, so I tested myself a number of times uh, just because... For no other reason than to be able to tell people it's not COVID. Yeah, actually. totally. It's not COVID. Um, so yeah. what is it uh, that you do at Five Fit? Oh, wow. Okay. Because so. <laughs> we, we know you to be on the air. Yes, yes. And yes. that's the public-facing yeah. side, and, and, and mm -hmm. we could talk about that. But there's more to it. Yeah. So I uh, this year actually marks a 10 years, uh, take a decade, can you believe it, of being on 5FM specifically. Okay, cool. Before that, I was on Good Hope FM. I've always been on air pretty much since I was a teenager. And now at 5, I'm on air sort of Monday to Friday, 9 a.m. to midday. Uh, so that's my Monday to Friday job. And then on top of that, I'm also the music compiler of 5FM. So I'm also the person that compiles the playlist. So um, if you love the playlist, let me know. If you don't, uh, just leave don't me alone. Don't let me know. Don't yeah. let me know. Uh, block <laughs> me. It's fine. But so what, is the, what does that mean exactly? So uh, lots of relationships with artists, lots of relationships with record labels, pluggers, uh, trying to stay on top of music trends, uh, what is trending, also trying to create trends ourselves, like trying to find certain songs that are appealing to young people because 5FM's target market is young people. It is a youth music radio station. Yeah. So uh, we follow a different format to a lot of the other radio stations in the country, actually. We're one of the few youth-focused radio stations. So uh, that means the music... Yeah, that the, makes sense. The music policy is a little bit different. We have a higher turnover of music. We play stuff that's like a little bit weirder sometimes, uh, pushes the boundaries a little bit more. Uh, it's quite an involved job because it involves a lot of admin and mm. a lot of like physical things like scheduling music and uploading and like all the boring stuff like trying to find out ISRC codes for songs and whatever. Now you see I know what that is. Exactly. You know what an ISRC yeah, code so is. Yeah. So that's like a that's like a If a, you want to get paid. Effectively. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the sort of tracking code that mm. like the barcode the it catalog yeah, code good. that's mm. linked to every song. So every yes. song in the world has one of these yep. and that's the best way. Often they are embedded in the 
in the digital file mm-hmm. as kind of metadata, mm-hmm. which is very helpful, or they're at least submitted and listed yes. so that um, everybody can track it because best believe there's so many songs that have the same name. Dude. Um, so you need to have this kind of code. It's wild. Okay, so how do you, how do you feel about staying in touch with like youth um because i'm i'm grappling that a little at the are, you grapp- are you are no, you struggling i, I never a... thought much of it until okay. we came out of the pandemic yes and and had to look at a lot of things especially something like short straw and be yes. like oh are we a legacy act now like are we old because we always kind of thought we were getting old and felt yeah. old and we even made an album about that. And it was always a bit of a fun joke and it didn't really matter. But then there was just a feeling where, although COVID was like two years, I mm. think it sped five years of evolution up. It really did. Because we were able to kind of reset and mm-hmm. start from a from a, a new base. So something that I think was coming for many businesses just got sped up by like yes. two or three years. I agree. So, so there was a point where we kind of came out of this going like, wait, where do we... Are we we... still relevant? Yeah, where do we like fit in all of this? Yeah. And then there was a point where we were like, wait, hold on. We're talking about this and we haven't even played shows. Let's play play some shows. And then immediately we're like, oh, this is so fun and it doesn't doesn't matter. Like if people are having fun and they're there, that's all that counts. I, I count myself pretty lucky because in those two years, I never lost touch. Like if you could put it that way necessarily, because... We carried on. Yeah. Uh, we were considered essential workers. You needed the national and the public broadcaster to continue broadcasting and disseminating information about COVID, things like that, give people some kind of sense of security. Yeah. In fact, COVID uh, was really good for radio numbers, numbers yeah. in general because people felt like they needed company. And yeah. that is, at the end of the day, what we are. We're your friends. We're having a conversation. Radio isn't as one-sided as it was, I would say, back in the day a few decades ago. Even just 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it was very much the radio presenter speaking at someone. Now oh. there's a lot more of like an active conversation because of things like social media and WhatsApp. There's so, so many we're, ways to, yes, yeah, to, to engage more. Yeah. Exactly. Like I'm, acce- I'm way more accessible than what the radio presenters were like when I was a kid. Yeah. They were very inaccessible, actually. You'd have to like call and maybe get through and mm. maybe only five people got through on a show. Now no. it's like I'm reading... 300 whatsapps a day and i'm checking my dms and all that kind of stuff while i'm on air so i was on air throughout covid and i was having conversations with people and i have never really struggled in terms of staying connected to youth culture purely because i am such a mass consumer of cultural things just in general when it comes to like entertainment and pop culture specifically so and more specifically music. Yeah. So I'm constantly on all of the socials and on TikTok and finding new artists. And I have such a passion and a love for it that, I don't know, it yeah, sounds you, stupid, but like it's, I don't really have to try hard at it. It just kind cool. of happens. No, well, then that's amazing. And you're clearly the right person for the job. <laughs> like I see a lot of it as these kind of cars or buses that yeah. are just driving past me and I'm like there goes TikTok oh my goodness <laughs> like what I, is TikTok? you know I I'm not interested or yeah. I, I don't understand it or or I do understand it and yes. I do not have the time for it no because the, I understand yeah. how it now works the like, investment the emotional investment to put into something like that I, I had this yeah. revelation about something like Instagram the other day where oh, yeah. I was like it's 
existed, it arrived like as Short Straw started playing mm-hmm. lots of shows. And oh, yeah. I was like, this is amazing because now there is yes. a tool where I can visually send um, images of what our shows are like and our travel and behind the scenes and it's very exciting. But Instagram at the start was very much for photographers. Yes. And it was very much about taking the best photo. If you just took a random photo, a random video, the feeling was like, that's not good enough. Um, But now a generation that's grown up with it could not give a fuck about any artistic value. It is merely a channel. They don't care. To just... Yeah. Send you know videos, daily videos of you just. This like is a snapshot of my life. Doing a dumb dance, which is kind of Loki. What social media should have been, I think, from yeah, the start. Yeah, perhaps. It no, there's nothing like, wrong with it. I'm not yeah, bashing it in any yeah, way. Yeah. I just find it really interesting that, you know, we were there. We were the early adopters, but mm. that doesn't necessarily mean that Short Straw's got the most crazy amount of followers <laughs> because it's we're not using it right yeah. now. Yeah, like course. now one posts every day. It's incessant. Mm, it is. It's quite something. Do you run the, the Instagram accounts? Sure. Yes. I put oh, my yeah. hand up to, to look after oh, it. Did you volunteer? No, I think I've always okay. just, those kinds Gravitate. of things have often fallen in my lap. And okay. I, I was the one that was definitely taking the photos as we went. Can I, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Um, are you band daddy? Y- yeah. Why was there hesitation? Why did you hesitate? When I, I don't know. <laughs> like, um, um, okay, it's not anything to be like ashamed of. I think band daddy as a concept is maybe important. let's go with band dad. I think daddy gives it some extra zing. <laughs> no, I like daddy. Let's stick with band daddy. Okay, let's put it this way. Okay, okay. after years of tra- traveling around the world, doing lots of shows, having lots of fun, there was this great moment. I've got a lovely relationship with my family and especially okay. my mom. Aww. And my mom um, turned to me at one point. Obviously, the cogs had been kind of swelling for yeah. a while. And she goes, you're not drinking too much, are you? <gasps> like, oh, the, the thought just like kind of... And she was like, I just need to check in with my son. Like, I know he's doing well, but like... You know, the band world. He's a rock star. But perhaps he, but what he she's living the rock star Yeah, and perhaps what she's like, kind of seen on social yeah. media. And I was like, Mom, so they call me dad. <laughs> so you're fine. <laughs> like, you don't have to worry. I'm the one making sure that everyone's getting into their hotel room at night in yeah. one piece. Well, okay, so here's what we've set up is the fact that I um, generally drive the van. Okay. Um, one, because I'm a bit motion sick, so I don't really like to be at the back. Okay. And two, I just like to... Be in control. S- see it be done. Yeah, be in yeah, yeah, yeah. You can be, say it. You're be a control in a, Be in a okay. certain sense of control. Okay. And so we set up um, um, something called the first train. Okay. So there's the first train and the second train, which is basically how... This is how short straws survived for this. so I long. I love this. Okay, Which yeah. is basically like at um, some point in the night, generally after the show... Um, guys announce whether they first train or second train the first train is is basically like you get a lift back to the venue or the hotel in the van yes because the first train will go straight to the first train's leaving the station yeah but if you if you single if you're having a good time and over the years guys have guys have guys have been in various stages we're now all of us are committed. Mostly first train. All of us are committed. Some <laughs> of us are married. But there were times when like guys would be, some guys would be single. And so they would, yeah. or just having a good time. And so guys would announce, I'm first train or second train. The, the only rule that we have in place is that the first train waits for no one. Yeah. Which is like when the first train yes. announces it, and usually it's, bah, bah. A, yeah, we signal that mm-hmm. with a hand, like as if we're pulling yeah. the siren of a train. train. 
And then if you have declared yourself first train, you got to get the fuck in the Wrap van. it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a guaranteed lift home, especially in places like Grahamstown. Yeah, there's no Uber. Where, like, look, look, this is before, this is not even ride-sharing apps. We like to think that just because it's in Cape Town and Joburg, it's everywhere. It isn't. No, no, no. Like, and, uh, and so, yeah, Lord help you if you second train, you got to find your own way home. And maybe Oaks of... I remember um, once coming to oh. the lobby and I think it was Elle and Tom yeah. were asleep in the lobby with their backpacks and who knows where they'd gone. Or but, how they'd gotten there. But they were there and that was the most important thing. Um, but yeah, with the first train and second train. But I was usually always the captain of the first I, train. I was going to ask. I was going to say, okay, so we're Because most often, for, for the majority of the short straw time, I was, I was in relationships and so... Do you regret that? No, no, not at all. Not at all. No, you don't regret. There were ti- like, there were some times when I was single, and it was okay. It was interesting to navigate and see what that was like. Sowing wild oats. Yeah. Second train life. Yeah, living the second train life. But uh, yeah, I'm one of those people where you, yeah, I'm a little better as a partner. So you're a serial monogamist. I, I, I guess. Okay. Yeah. I think there's nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah, I guess. Band daddy, been, serial yeah. monogamous. It kind yeah, of, it so so there was sense. at one point the, the, the boyfriend club, which was myself, uh, Jake and Gad for many years. Yeah. And we had nothing to prove. So we were most often first train. Oh. But anyways. That's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it, it, lovely. I think you've got such an interesting job. Yeah. And I think Thank it you. must bring lots of joy. You it also does. You, you say you also DJ as well. Hey, you, yeah, I DJ. Uh, I used to do it a lot more before COVID. Obviously, COVID happened, and then all the clubs like shut down. Anywhere that you would be needed to DJ was, yeah. you know, closed. So I kind of stepped back from that throughout yeah. COVID for those two and a half years or so. But I didn't mind so much because it actually yeah. gave me a lot of anxiety. Performing I was about to say, on a stage y- is very difficult for you me. You and I have had um, have had this conversation where yeah. where you settled into the fact that you're probably more of an introvert. Yes, definitely. And I used COVID to realize I'm probably mm-hmm. more of an extrovert. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, okay, but you consume lots of stuff, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. music. What um, what TV and film stuff do you like? So uh, this what have you is, been watching? This is what I'm, this is what I'm concerned it's talking to you about, of all people, because you're a cinephile, right? To, no, uh, I don't know. In Ooh. comparison to others, certainly not. In comparison to me, most definitely you probably have a doctorate in it. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, but I, like, listen, it comes with just lots of love and appreciation fair. for it. But I, I yeah. would certainly not want to have it seem in any kind of pretentious life. Okay. Okay, yeah. you're not an elitist. Oh, fuck no. Okay, good. Okay, good. Okay, now then this feels like a safe space for me. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I... We've had a Zoolander quote along at the bar. Oh, phenomenal. <laughs> that is so good. I love that. <laughs> that is so good. Where was I? Damn. I don't know. Uh, that's amazing. So I have a... Maybe this is a controversial opinion. Maybe it isn't. I have kind of a semi-controversial opinion when it comes to my entertainment, specifically movies and TV, which is life sucks mm. and is hard and uh, is incredibly difficult and I'm already incredibly depressed. I don't need my media yes. to be reflective of that. Yes. So I try, insofar as I can, f- rather focus on lighthearted, uplifting things uh, where no one dies. Uh, yeah. There's no horrific acts. Yeah. And or some dark, sinister force. Yeah. Y- you know, and also, oh gosh, I'm going to sound... No, no. I'm going to sound like such a Gen Z saying this, but I don't mind it because I actually love Gen Z. Um, I also just don't want to be triggered, man. Like, I am so easily triggered. 
could fight things like that. Not in like the, the way where you freak out and you like make it everyone else's problem, just internally. And this has been something that has happened to me since I was a little kid. So I remember yeah. when I was very, very small being exposed as one is from your older cousins or older siblings or whatever. I'm the youngest of five to movies that you probably shouldn't have watched at that age. Yeah. So we've got a little question right. on the video still, which is what was the movie you were too young to watch? Okay. And this is so lame. This is going to explain no, no. to you how sensitive I am. Jurassic Park. Okay. No, so no. Like, I was way too young for Jurassic Park. And I remember, I'm not exaggerating when I say to you, I had such severe insomnia as like a six-year-old, yeah, that it was it was so bad. I had to basically go to the doctor because I was dreaming about dinosaurs oh. <laughs> coming into my room at night yeah. and like chomping me to death. Yeah, so it severely traumatized me. Oh. So ever since I was a little kid, I'm like, nah, yeah. dude. I've had to very much control the the stuff that I watch. Yeah, mine was the- Aliens too. <gasps> I've never. I don't even. Seen. I don't even. I haven't even seen Aliens. That. The first one. Like for no, me- but it was like you were just in the wrong place at the wrong time yeah. with family, friends. Right. And you're like, what's that coming out of my stomach? Uh, that's like, disgusting. Yeah. Uh, even Harry Potter, like I don't want to be funny, but Harry Potter, that scene where the Dementors come and like suck the, you know, the soul juice out of him. That like disturbed me for three weeks afterwards. I had nightmares about Dementors yeah. coming and I was having like sleep paralysis. And instead of my usual sleep paralysis demon, um, Kevin... It was actually a Dementor who was like sucking my let's, soul. Uh, let's dial back there. Let's unpack this. You've named you've named your <laughs> paralysis. It just gives me a sense of familiarity. It makes me feel like Kevin and I we go way back. Yeah. So sleep paralysis is quite a scary thing. It it's is. basically when you. I'm sure everybody knows this, but in case it's, mm. it's when you are asleep, literally, but kind of figuratively, you've kind of woken up. So mm-hmm. it often feels like someone's in the room yep. and you can't move your head nope. to turn to look at it and you're see s- it. you're screaming inside you're and like, you just can't your body. wake up yeah. your body early i remember seeing this like mm-hmm. early sort of paintings depicting that because really? in a time when um obviously people didn't understand exactly what was going on mm-hmm. i remember seeing this haunting image like an illustration oh of someone asleep and then there was this kind of Figure. creature or figure yeah. that was like standing on their back that's what it feels and like. and it was like this was the world trying to understand what this kind of sleep yeah. paralysis kevin. was kevin <laughs> kevin sorry if your name's kevin um, why did you name it kevin i don't know i just wanted to come up with like a horrific because obviously it's a man um and then it just <laughs> <laughs> and then it just i had to come up with the most bland like yeah. non-threatening male yeah. name to try and make him seem like just the uncle down there. You know, Kevin, Uncle have you, Kevin. Jesus. Have you ever watched um, Nightmare on Elm Street? No, definitely not. Okay. Ask was, me. Any it still scary, slaps. I've, still slaps. Uh, it's an old movie. This is Freddy Krueger, for those who remember. Oh, and, hell no. And um, what was so scary about that was that um, the, the, the bad, the demon, yeah. the evil yeah. was in your bed. It was in your sleep. If you so you didn't see it, but just Touch to gi- just to give you the the premise was that when you fall asleep, yes. he he meets you in your dreams, and 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 someone a friend of mine was also in film school um, explained it so well to me, which was like if you remember when you were a kid, your bed was your safe space. Yeah, like the monsters were under your bed yes. or in the closet, and so and as long as the blanket was over you, he couldn't touch you. And so yeah. what's always made uh, horror good and successful is when horror can very carefully attack you in places that in are your safe. your safe space. So like Johnny Depp, a young Johnny Depp, gets sucked into his bed. Oh, Lord. And it's like, that should be the safe space. 
Yeah, that is terrifying and that's yeah. a, the you've just highlighted precisely why i don't watch those things okay no, uh, no thank sure. you thank you for I'm not, me i'm not too much of a horror person okay. either for okay. those re- for very similar reasons to okay. you which is like my life is fulfilling enough yeah you know like yeah you hear stand-up comedians often also talk about like white people love to bungee jump <laughs> why? because their life needs more excitement yeah i'm good thanks it's like I'm, no my life is exciting my enough. life is exciting enough thank you very much so, yeah, going on that, the things that I tend to consume are very lighthearted. I am more of a TV series baby than I yeah. am a movie baby. Sure. Just because of attention span. And what are you enjoying at the moment? So, uh, at the moment, I finished, most recently, I finished the Yellowstone and 1883 saga oh, cool. TV series, the yeah, Kevin yeah. Costner yeah, yeah. Yellowstone. Yeah. And that is darker than what I would usually go for because my faves are like, the Office or Parks and Rec or Schitt's Creek or yeah. those kinds of things that focus more on uh, funny interpersonal relationships and like awkwardness mm. and like, you know, I watch them because I love like observing humans. Uh, but Yellowstone is a little bit darker, but it was so interesting. I think it's just because mm. Loki uh, on the inside, I would love to be a cowboy. Sure. So I, I think I watch it and I'm like, wow, so, another life. <laughs> so Leslie, who you know, oh, yes, yeah. my partner, is a horsey girl. Oh, yes, yes. Very much so. Mm-hmm. And um, so my present to her, <laughs> my present to her for Christmas last year was me being on a horse. Oh, my goodness. Because I've stayed quite far away from them, like physically. Like I go They're to... On purpose? Yeah, because they scare me. Yeah, same. Um, I think it's a legit... On one of our yeah. first dates, I went with her to a horse thing and we went back to the stables and when this horse sort of poked its head out. I was like, my God, that is the biggest head I've ever seen. <laughs> and um, But no, I I obviously love her. I love her love for them. Yeah. And so I'm warming up to it. So my present was me being on a horse and we went on an outride. But on that note, um, I've seen enough and consumed enough Western cowboy yeah. stuff. Yeah. So at the moment I'm on a horse, even though like it's just me and my casual clothes in the cradle of humankind, I was like, I get it. I get this like swag of being a cowboy and I immediately yeah. was like, I see this. I, could, I, could, I see the appeal. I could see this for me. Like I could do this. Have you watched Yellowstone or no. 1883? Obviously you've seen the hype. I know the vibe it. around it. And funny enough, I've met um, someone who is in it. What? Yeah. No, no, no. Tell me immediately he, which character. He came as part of the Joburg Film Festival. His name in real life yeah. is Denim... Um, and he is a. His name is Denim. Yeah, in real life. Uh, I don't know okay. what his. I don't know what his character is. I think he's one of the. He's one of the sort of stable hands. The cowboys. Uh, very very good looking black dude. Oh, I know exactly. It's like Casey or what's he his is name? Very. I know exactly who you're talking about. Very attractive. Yeah, he's a great dude. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, so you cool to meet him. It. What is the dude? Are it's you one of those people who doesn't watch like overhyped TV series? No, because you know it's like. No, I no, no. There's nothing stopping me. They just me. broke a record recently for... It's the biggest show on TV. And that's what he was saying. He's the like, most watched debut of a brand new season. I think the most recent season, which is like season five of Yellowstone, yeah. had the biggest uh, watch like viewership in their opening, like the first episode. Yeah, he said he can't go anywhere. It's like, crazy. He's, he's yeah. very recognizable now, at least in the States. Yeah. But of course, nobody kind of knew him in Joe. No, like, no. It was two or three months ago. Yeah. Yellowstone hadn't come to, oh to South Africa yet. Uh, yeah, he was a lovely guy. Um, no, I think it would be cool. Um, I, I should get into it. You really should. And so then Yellowstone came first. first and, and then, then 1883. So it follows like the story of the Duttons, which are the family 
who live on this ranch and it's like a ranch that's been in the family for hundreds of years and it's just i suppose about modern america because the yellowstone's mm. based in the now you know yeah and it's about these people trying to hold on to a lifestyle that is for all the sins and purposes like it's dying out yeah it it it, it really is yeah. unfortunately did um, you ever watch the ranch on netflix with ashton kutcher i didn't i tried to a number of times um but it was kind of the same thing which was telling the story yes. of those kind of ranches that's exactly it and kind of how big big farming is kind of mm-hmm. taking away the independent farmer 100%. and yeah but these guys like you see unlike the ranch which was more like small mom and pop kind of farming if you could call it that yeah that was a bit of a sitcom this, yeah yellowstone is like huge ranching we're talking about turnover of the farm being in the like millions of dollars where these people are like mafia almost and that is kind of what it is it turns into like a Hatfields versus the McCoys and like there's always an enemy and there's always somebody trying to take down their lifestyle or try to get the land or try to like poison their cattle or whatever it is so you follow this family and you become very attached to the characters and there's a lot of darkness uh, a lot of it's very raw it's very gritty and then in 1883 you which, get which is like a spin-off show. Spin-off show. You get the like prequel of oh, how cool. the Duttons came to be in Montana. Okay. And the, the story of the Duttons landing in San Antonio in Texas and then moving west okay. to go to Montana. But I'll tell you what, um, 1883, I love Yellowstone. and I'm Because really Yellowstone's hoping, now been declared finished. Well, this season is the last season or yeah. something. I mean, that's constantly there's new information because Kevin Costner is like, I'm done, bros. Like, I'm done. So maybe maybe they'll ride him so, out in a way. So maybe they they could um, because he has almost died like a number of times. Um, but 1883, which is the one that came before, uh, I can't see them doing any more of 1883 because kind of the way they ended it was kind of final. But it is the most beautiful TV series oh, lovely. that I have ever seen. Yeah. I would say probably in my entire life, the way it is shot Oh, cool. I think the acting in it, it's Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. Yeah. And, and they're a couple in real life. Tim yeah. McGraw obviously being a very famous country singer. Faith Hill also being a very famous country singer. Hmm. And they're a couple, they're husband and wife, but in the TV series, they play the Duttons as well as husband and wife. And they're incredible actors. And oh, cool. It's beautiful to watch. It's shot phenomenally. You learn a lot about that sort of time in the American West, things that we don't necessarily know about, Um, interactions with the Native Americans, the immigration of like Eastern Europeans to America, how they split up the land and all that kind of stuff. Oh, cool. But the story, and it's told um, with their daughter narrating it the entire time. It's beautiful, but you will cry. I'm not going to lie. You will will ugly cry. It'll be like snot coming out of your nose kind of crying. It's disgusting. (laughs) Um, You're reminding me of something which I wanted to share with you. Mm. Um, Tarantino wrote a book, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which came out oh, yes. after the movie. Oh. Um, and he, he, it's, it's, an, it's an amazing read because it's obviously about the characters you know and some of the scenes are the scenes from the movie. But mm-hmm. he knows that anyone who's going to read this book has already seen the movie. Of course. So the book is like backstory. It fleshes out oh other God. scenes. Like the main action scene of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like the attack, mm-hmm. is like two lines in the book. Oh, wow. Okay. But what he goes into in great detail, just so indulgent and I love it, is the, the actual setup and the plot and the story of the TV show 
that Leonardo DiCaprio goes and stars in, which is oh, that Western. Okay, yes. So if you watch the movie, you don't really know. He's playing a villain. He meets the one girl who's in this show. Mm-hmm. Maybe you get some idea of it. I need to watch the movie again. And then he acts out this cool scene, and then that's it. And then he goes home. But in the book, you basically read the whole backstory, and it plays oh, out that. like oh, like wow. it plays out like this Yellowstone Western epic sequel, yeah. where all of a sudden you know mm. these full back. The book is more about that than it is about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's so cool. So if anyone sees the book, yes, grab it and, it and read it because it's such a great read. That is amazing. That sounds phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I have not seen Once Upon a Time. Yeah, and a lot of people didn't quite necessarily get what yeah. he was doing with that. Yeah, I um, that. So it was a bit of a miss, not a misstep. It was very Tarantino. Yes. But um, what people think Tarantino is, is often not what he like kind of actually is in real life. Like the world, he's become more famous than his... Of course, than, than his actual... Than his, his character actual, has... All his his, car- the perception of Tarantino is mm. more well-known than who Tarantino yeah. actually is. Yeah, like yeah, I said yeah. to someone the other day, they were sort of praising um, um, Pulp Fiction, which is a great film. But I was like, when was the last time you watched that? Because, like, it's a it's a wild movie. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like cocaine ODs and, oh like, you know, things being rammed up dudes' bums. Oh, like, wow. Okay. Like, like it's not it's not as it's not as cool as you might have <laughs> as remembered. You, as you think like it is. Like, it's, 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 it's wild. Anyways, yeah. um, what else are you watching? So, um, oh my goodness, I have just finished watching season two of Reservation Dogs. I don't uh, know if you are familiar with that yes, TV series. Yes, I started watching it just to check it out. Really? It's on Disney Plus. Okay. And yes, it is on Disney Plus. Yeah, we all get confused sometimes where yeah, everything like, is. It's, but it's on the internet, guys. It's yeah, on the internet. No, and that's often what we <laughs> yeah. what we say. It's out there. <laughs> Um, it's about like indigenous Native American Native yeah. Americans, okay, yes. on a reservation, and they uh, like young cool kids in a sort of modern yes. era, sort C- of com- going through their life, yeah, coming, coming of, of age. age story on a reservation in the U.S. And I, I don't know why. Again, one of my favorite TV series of all time. I don't know why I resonated with the character so much and the dialogue and the conversation and how minimal the dialogue is mm. but how much I felt like was being said. Yeah. Remember I said like I love watching things that have interesting that are based on interesting interpersonal relationships. That's my favorite yeah. thing. I think it's yeah. why I enjoyed The Office is because people like that do exist. I wish they didn't but they do. And yeah. it's fascinating for me to watch and the same thing with Reservation Dogs and because it's just culturally different like yeah. it's interesting for me to watch. No, and 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 Native Americans mm. have had a sort of tough existence Oof. in the states, and how yeah. they kind of live in there now. Mm-hmm. Um, very poor communities, very. not really well supported, looked nope. after, and a little bit forgotten. And yeah, and then the way that they interweave fantasy into it as well. I don't know how I far you got into yet. reservation I, dogs. So what's interesting is you start watching and you're like, oh, I know what this is going to be. And then all of a sudden, an episode comes along. I don't want to like. It's quite playful in that regard. But yes, he interweaves like fantasy into it. And it's like, oh, oh okay, cool. this is where we are. Because culturally, for them, fantasy is sort of woven. And it's not fantasy, it's just cultural stories. And um, that kind of stuff is interwoven into their everyday lives anyway. Yeah. The, the belief system or whatever. Okay. And the way that it's represented in the TV series is absolutely amazing. Um, you got Netflix? Yes, I have. All, I have all. You of them, got. You got them all. Um, something I think you would like if you haven't seen it already. Yeah. Uh, especially in the realm of easy happy. Okay. 
is uh, a film that's just cropped up called The Longest Third Date. Okay, I have Do you not know seen about it. No. It was quite surprising to me. Um it's it's a it plays out almost like you're watching like a reality TV show about mm-hmm. dating. Mm-hmm. So it's got that kind of aesthetic to it and that kind of charm to it. But it's a little bit more than that. It's a film. And basically what it is about, speaking us speaking about Kavovo, oh, yeah. is um this uh couple they meet on on a on a dating app. They have a lovely first date and second date. And on the third date, they yeah. decide on a whim, let's go to Costa Rica. Oh, cute. On a whim. And it's wow. in COVID, but they're not, they, they're not quite... It was it's at not that super t- serious. It yet. was at that point where the world yeah. didn't quite know how bad it was going to yeah. get. And they thought, well, this is crazy. Throw caution to the wind. And they go to Costa Rica. It just so happens the guy is this kind of video blogger. So okay. he <gasps> documents things. Yes. So so it's all set up to be very well documented, mm-hmm. this trip in Costa Rica. Then COVID really takes hold and this couple gets stranded. And on so, their third date. On their third date. And so the whole film is about them spending weeks together in Costa Rica with their flights sounds, constantly being delayed. Sounds like a nightmare. With them going like, we don't even know no, whether we we're, we're yeah. boyfriend or girlfriend. No. Yet. And so that part kind of plays out like a little bit of a silly um, reality TV show. Mm. But it's endearing. And I really liked oh, it. That is so cute. And I, I sort of went in like, yeah, okay, like this it's is going to be like a little, not, I, I maybe judged it a bit more before than I perhaps should have. Yeah. But it is just a light dose and it's a unique, fun story that. because then at some point he he documents what they're doing. But he, I mean, at some point he then publishes some of these videos. Uh-huh. And so while they're away, people pick up on the story because at that time, everybody was looking for these kind of more happier COVID yes. stories. So all of a sudden it became the story where it's like this couple that hardly know each other are stranded together, together and they stuck together. In paradise, basically. Yeah. And it's like how she is careful about him how he tries real hard Aww. to be good for her yeah. and helpful and she and everyone's got their own insecurities things, yeah. and they get quite open about it it's lovely so it's called the longest the longest third date and it's on netflix that sounds like 100% up my i thought alley. you'd be into it that sounds amazing and it's such an easy watch have it's, you um, it'll go down like i love that effortlessly do you like reality tv Kind of, not really. Kind of not Depends. really. Yeah. Because I've got a suggestion for you. Yeah, yeah. There's a new TV series. I don't know if you know about it. It's called Jury Duty. Okay. Do you not know about this? No, no. Oh my gosh. I'm going to, I'm literally going to blow your mind right now. Okay. So. Um, I like, I like how they become such a great human experiment. Yes. That's is, what I love. This is the perfect Like if it's just version. like good looking, stupid Mm-mm. people in a villa. That is not. Like. This <sighs> is not that. Uh, yeah. So this is actually quite wild and there have been a few conversations about how ethical this potentially yeah. is. Okay, so what's the setup? So the setup is that there is a jury, you know in America you get picked yes. for jury duty, right? Yeah. That's how yeah. their um, system works, the legal system works. So this guy is picked for jury duty and everyone else in the room is an actor or an actress okay. and he doesn't know. Okay. He has been selected for jury duty he arrives because, you know, you don't just get put on the jury. You have like an interview process to make yeah. sure that you're actually suitable for the jury. Yeah, and then, all you, that kind of stuff. And then a big part of those American yes. trials is them 
very um, carefully fighting for the jury. Certain people and, and, or and, not. And they can yeah. pick them and Agreed. say, this person they is too close. They cross-examine them before and, even the jury is selected. They cross-examine the jury to make sure yeah. that they have no prejudices or anything like that. Yeah. So this guy arrives. Everybody else is an actor or an actress. And he's been told that there is a movie being made about the jury judicial system of America and jury duty specifically. Oh, so that's why so he's that's being why filmed. There is a documentary crew that is following them. So he knows a documentary is being made. Okay. But he thinks that everyone else with him is just a normal person. So this reminds me of something I've brought up before. Yeah. And I actually shared a video on, on our social media the other day. There was a TV show called The Joe Schmo Show. Okay. Which in the early days of reality TV came out and it was similar, which was um, a whole bunch of people living in a house, maybe some challenges, maybe mm. some love affairs, a little bit bachelory. I forget the whole setup of the show, but everyone was everybody was an actor except for this One main girl. guy, <gasps> and and it was such an interesting experiment in TV where it was originally designed for him to be a bit funny, and they yes. they'd put him in funny situations. But then, how he, reacts. but then over the course of the show, he actually became. Like people started rooting for him, so it was almost like Truman Show yeah. meets Ooh, yeah. the real life or whatever those mm-hmm. kind of TV shows were. Mm-hmm. One of the actors was Kristen Wiig, um, so it was interesting. It was in the early days of television yeah. before she before got she famous. Was and then there was this crazy reveal at the end where it was like everybody's been acting, and you you know, okay, so jury duty is happening. Where so is jury that? duty is happening in the US at the moment? So like it's. Um, Where's the show? Uh, on the internet. On the internet. I, have, I don't think it's come to anything we I have. I don't know if it's come to anything we have. How did you yet. find out about it? Uh, on TikTok. Okay. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, uh, TikTok's my plug for most uh, things, okay. I suppose, pop culture related. But the crazy thing is, uh, this is in the trailer. So, like, I'm not giving any spoilers or anything. It's literally in the trailer. Um, he is sitting in the very, very beginning, the first episode. Is it going to be one dupe per season? Uh, I think I don't know if they'll be able to do it again just yeah. because of like this has become incredibly popular. Yeah, well, that was the other moment. thing with Joe Schmosh. Yeah. It could only happen once. Yeah, I don't know if they'd be able to pull it off again. Maybe, potentially, but then like, you really have to pick your yeah, subject well. Somebody who hasn't consumed this TV series. But um, he's sitting and talking to. But I mean, if you've only yeah. got one main yes, protagonist yeah, being duped, like he's got to be he or she. He has to be the right person. Exactly. And people have fallen in love with this guy. He is so nice and likable. I think they went to a lot of effort to try and find the correct person mm. for this and like testing and all of that kind of yeah. stuff. So you're in. You're in. You're in. And he's talking, to, he's talking to the jurors and they're about to be selected and cross-examined to see if they can make the jury the other actors and actresses. And um, one of the guys was told, you know, to say to him, ah, you know, I really don't want to be here for jury duty. I'm looking for a way to get out of it. How do I get out of it? And he goes, well, you know, the, poor, the, the guy that isn't the actor or the actress says, well, uh, um, I saw this thing on Family Guy where to get out of jury duty, which is which is no good idea ever starts, it, but it I saw this from, thing on Family Guy because yeah, it's yeah, terrible. Yeah. And he goes, you just have to tell them you're racist and then you get like, you get out of jury duty. Yeah, yeah. And um, he says it to the guy and he's joking. He's like, but yeah, you know, don't do that or whatever. Like, it's a joke, blah, blah, mm. blah. And he goes and stands and then he says it in front of the entire court. And, this and of course, it's guy, all about his reaction. And it's all about this guy's reaction. And yeah. he reacts. And then he's like, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I said that. Like, somebody told me that that was a way to get out of jury duty. Yeah. And he, like, looks at the, the guy who's not the actor. And the guy's like, no. He's, like, shaking his head. Like, no, 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 no. I never said that. No, 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 So it's just, like, horrifically awkward moments like that okay. um, but stretched out over a few episodes and this poor guy just interesting oh, they even talk about soaking 
What's that? You don't know what slurking is. Okay, is that something I must Google? Okay, well, I mean, you swore on the podcast. Yeah. Um, it's like a thing that they do in specific people um, where it's <laughs> like, um, if you don't want to, you know, have sex before marriage. Yeah. The guy puts his pee yeah. in, the, in the V. Yeah. But like sex is movement. So if you don't move, uh-huh. you, just, you just lay there. It doesn't count in the else, eyes of the Lord. No, or but, yeah, exactly. But then someone else jumps on the bed. Oh, because to then create the movement. Because oh, then like, you're at not. That po- at that point, bud. No, but then you're not doing it because yeah. you're just like laying there, right? Yeah. So it's like they they oh. try. One of the characters asks him if he could come and like because he's trying to save himself from marriage. <laughs> and if asks could, him if he if could he come could... and bounce on the bed. Oh, that's interesting. And it's like, oh, it is just horrific. So oh, that sounds like a great show, dude. Um, it's so good. On a on a on a jury duty note, but on a very different mm. tip. Um, at this point, I thought I'd love to share a film which I watched in COVID, actually, okay. so recently, which is an older, older film. It's black and white, mm. classic Hollywood, called 12 Angry Men. Oh. Do you know about it? I feel like I've heard It's considered this. one of the greatest films of all time. Yes. Like, it'll be in most general cinema lists. Who's the famous um, woman that's in it? There's a famous actress, isn't it, that's the lead in it? No, it's, it's literally dudes. It's 12 men. Is it men. only dudes? I thought there and was one lady. It almost okay, plays out it. like a stage show. Okay. Um, it almost plays out like a play. Um, and basically, the whole film is set pretty much in the room where this jury has to decide the fate of someone. Oh, damn. And they're pretty much all white men. And the person on the stand is like a young um, black guy or his, color, yeah, Hispanic sure. guy, which and is they walk, then not a jury of your peers. Yeah, which exactly, is not a jury of exactly. Your peers, yeah. And then when they all walk in, they're like, you know, one of the characters is like, I got to get to the baseball game, and oh. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. and he's clearly, you know, is guilty. And they all, ha- it has to be unanimous, except for our main guy, who people are going to kill me now for not knowing his name, but he's a very famous Hollywood actor. I forget, mm. I forget who it was. Um, he says not guilty. And they're like, oh, come on, you're wasting our time. And she says, but think about it. How could the yes. eyewitness have seen that at this and this time? And then he slowly does, he slowly goes and you basically gets everybody to understand till eventually the, the they decide on not guilty, not guilty and they free this this dude. But it's it's so relevant today, even even as this older you know, mm. movie from like the forties or fifties, I think. It's it just plays out like it was made yesterday. That is so beautiful. It's called Twelve Angry Men. It's totally worth your time. I love that, and it's I mm. love how it also is representative of the whole, right? Because obviously it's twelve guys on a jury, and the one guy stands up and convinces everyone else, and it's kind of like. But it's a masterclass exactly, of script. Yeah. It's a masterclass of acting. Yeah. And and generally in 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 screenwriting they say, try not to keep your location for more than three minutes. Because that's when people kind of lose attention. And, and that's, when the, that's when a scene should move mm. to another scene. Okay. They, just to make your your film have some pace. Mm. But of course, this whole film plays out in basically one room. One room. And it just totally... It's, and it's it kept so, you, kept your attention. Yeah, totally. It's, it's lovely. But to go back to um, reality TV show experiments, have you seen The Mole on oh, Netflix? I have not it? seen it. But I have a lot of friends that are deeply into it and have given me like play-by-plays of It's very interesting. Everything. And that's also one of those other TV shows where I wonder how they could do season two because people yeah. will will perhaps catch on to certain kind of ways to play it. But it's worth keeping it going because it's it, smart. It's a smart yeah, TV show, which is, is basically, 
a survivorish it's among us concept concept where you know, you know the t- you know the game it's among us among us among us no among us <laughs> among us um, among us uh, it's, a, it's a game okay where you play it's like a co-op game where you play with people online and then yeah. one of you is the traitor okay on among and and the mole came after among us so i'm okay. assuming it was the kind same of based concept, on yeah. the fact that this huge game went like viral around the world there's streamers that go on and like play. You can watch people cool. playing it. You have to vote out the traitor, and if you don't get the traitor out before like the end of the game, the traitor wins. So okay. I'm assuming you know the it's kind, kind of, of similar. similar. Obviously, the 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 show itself has the ability to make sure the mole stays till the end. Oh, okay. Um, but basically, it's a survivor esque kind mm. of concept where you've got these challenges. People get voted out, but one person in the group is the mole. is there to sabotage to scupper to sabotage okay. the 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 success of the team okay and the um, challenges and the challenges because yeah. you you if you successfully do a challenge you get money if Ooh. if let's say it's bags of cash that okay. you've got to collect yes the mole might um try and sabotage it so that you don't collect all the money. But without people realizing or seeing that they're sabotaging things. Yeah, and so people have to vote on who they think the mole is. So you basically just act like a dumbass? Yeah, and so throughout the show, people are like, that's rather mole-like behavior. Or maybe the mole will do that to have us think that they're not the mole oh, or that they God. are the mole. So it's like, it's a lovely mind game. It, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. I think they could still do a season two. Yeah. Because no, I just I think, think it'd it get more treacherous. Work. Every yeah. season, people will just come up with more crazy and like more psychotic ways yeah. to either act like a mole or not like a mole or whatever it is. I yeah, think that's cool. It's interesting. I wanted to ask you also your opinion as somebody who consumes a lot of um, media and like movies and TV series and stuff. What your feelings are on Taika Waititi? Good question. I love his humor and okay. his voice. And I think he has made some great films. And I think it was always nice and refreshing to get mm-hmm. that kind of humor. Um, Hunt for the Wilder People is, is divine. One of my favorite movies. I love it. Um, One of my favorite movies of recent times. Yeah, yeah. And that was sort of what kind of got him going. Mm. I think he did wonders with Ragnarok by taking mm-hmm. a rather serious franchise and we saw the success of it where all of a sudden it broke some some seriousness and that kind of humor came in. I thought Jojo Rabbit was oh, fucking amazing. I was going to say, so Hunt for the Wilder People and Jojo Rabbit are, funnily enough, my two favorite movies of like the most yeah. recent time, the last decade. It's so good. And I want to yeah. now make it a tradition at the Bioscope. I think the date is the 2nd of September, which is when World War II is considered to have ended. Yeah. That every year on that day, we screen Jojo, Jojo Rabbit, Rabbit, which, of course, if you've seen the film, sure. has a lot to do with mm-hmm. World War it's, it's It's set in World War II, yeah. and it's set sort of at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, I think um, a film like Thor Love and Thunder was way too much of him. Someone clearly was pushing for too much of that humor uh, to the point where it became stupid. Yeah. So it's definitely a on the humor side, I think it's got to be bits and pieces to kind mm-hmm. of give you that great kind of humor, um, but um, stick to the heart, you know. And what made yeah. those what made Jojo Rabbit amazing? Obviously, there were moments that were funny, but but, it was a difficult but in movie our to heads, watch. like what we're sure. remembering when we think yeah. of what we love were some of those slightly more like heart-wrenching scenes. Yeah, definitely. And I think that balance is amazing. And I love that balance. I love it when 
TV shows can be so silly and fun and then can just like drop the floor beneath your feet and you are like done done yeah and i think that was i think you're right when he was on marvel side of things he wasn't his own person like he wasn't allowed to yeah, do his own and there were way like too many people and, pushing something yeah. and so the agenda with love and thunder was mm. like thor became dumb yeah right he became so stupid and there was a point where i was like okay like i get it like now funny (laughs) this is too much it's way too much but did you bring it up because he's behind reservation dogs yes yes exactly so but i don't think he directed all of them no no, he just sort of oversaw it oversaw was part of the producing i think he like read over scripts as well had like comments on things like that and Um, i love i love that especially on a big mainstream America output mm-hmm. to have this like kooky, Polyn- Kiwi, like kooky Polynesian so kind of like influence. No, right. I think that's so cool. And I love, I love those kinds of commentators mm-hmm. that can like bring this like different voice, different voice yeah. to the table. I agree. Um, if you have Disney plus, yes, I do. Oh, sorry. If you have Apple TV, Oh, Apple uh, TV plus, maybe, Okay, Apple TV Plus. There's a there's a TV show called The Big Door Prize. Okay, which I'm loving. The Big Door Prize. It's a Do weird name. What's the? It's a weird name, but basically, it's a premise. It's based on a book, and I'm really, really enjoying it. Apple TV has made some interesting stuff. Oh, is it an, orig- an original? It's an original okay. Apple TV okay. show, mm-hmm. and basically, in the small town, it's called Deerfield in America, average small town. In the general store, this machine appears. And nobody quite knows where it came from. And it's called the Morpho machine. Okay. And you put in your social security number and out comes this little card which tells you your life's purpose. Which oh is my like goodness. Magician or carpenter or model or whatever. Oh, it's so like career-wise. Life career, career-wise. Yeah. Or it could get a little bit more intense okay. or a little bit more nuanced. But the idea is that like... Nobody knows where it came from. And often some of them have like really strung true or have been mysterious. Yeah. And so this it's now extended past the town and other people are coming to see this, to see what their potential is. And it's a great question around if you knew your fate, would you now do it or were you destined to do that? You know, it's like, it's like mm. do you want to know when you die? Of course. You know, it's like, would that help you? I'm or, assuming there are people in the town that don't want to put their social security number in and the people that did already. Yeah, so like our main character um, is the chap from IT Crowd and oh, yeah. Bridesmaids. Um, okay. My, his name's drawing a blank now. Irishman. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I know, yeah. dude. <laughs> um, and he, you know, is living this great life, but then his card just tells him what he really is. And he's like, oh, oh no. Yeah. Like, I thought I was maybe destined for more. more. And his wife gets given this like Phenomenal. crazy <sighs> card. I don't want yeah. to give it away. Yeah. And now the question is like, am I good enough for her? We had this nice life, but and it's it's having everybody try and question their life. Not try, like it's making everybody question their destiny and what they. So people are quitting their jobs and starting things and changing things, and so it's it's very interesting. Would you? put your social security your id number into into to this see thing to what, get like your little card out now at this point like in 2023 at this age yeah it's a good question because i mean having seen the effect that it had on the characters right in yeah, the tv series yeah. so like would you do it i think i would 
I, I I am lucky to often remind myself that I'm living a lovely life where I can do yeah so many great things in my life and I do them every day. I feel very fulfilled by the bioscope, the podcast, the band, the band, the t-shirt company. Getting to stand on a stage and people sing your own songs back to you has got to be very affirming. Yeah. So I don't know whether there needs to be much more. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like I feel like I'm living my potential. Okay. So in that regard, I don't think it would scare me to Mm. see whether there's anything more. Okay. Because I feel fulfilled enough. Already. So you would yeah. never get something back and be disappointed because you've already done Perhaps. Like, a lot of the yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Okay. Interesting question. But that's what the show constantly yes. does. Is it has you think about that and there's this whole lovely dynamic between him and his daughter and the kids at school. And like there's like three or four sort of stories all at once. Are the kids doing it? Yeah, everyone's everyone's really? involved. And the, all the kids. And the one, for example, got um, a card that just said liar. And it's oh like, and you don't know gosh. who got that card. And there was a whole mystery around things. And no, it's a great show. The Big Door Prize on Apple okay. TV+. Plus. Another show that you might love, uh, if I can recommend something, mm. which we just started, is called The Diplomat, which is okay. on Netflix. And yes. I love the fact that it's already in the top 10. I think it's the number one TV show I was going to say that's definitely come up on my you know, homepage, recommended. You'd find this interesting. Yeah. I think it's interesting that... Uh, a show like that is number one in Netflix because it's a very smart show. Ooh. It's the complete opposite of Love is Blind. Okay. <laughs> like, you would think, you know, you and I who constantly think about audience, what people want, Ooh, how yeah. we make for them, mm-hmm. what audiences exist, especially in South Africa, how we broken up, what are we into, what do we like, what do we don't like. You would take a stab and go, South Africa, broad stroke, Netflix, would want to watch Love is Blind, yes. which is like a which delight, is which is totally, it's, it's a delightfully yeah. easy, tacky love, yes. love show. Because again, life in South Africa is not easy. Like, yeah. you know, maybe we want to switch on our TVs and just chill out. Yeah, we call it for a few years. Yeah, we like ca- hours. Yeah, we call it fall asleep shows. It's there like, it's not going to keep you up. No. If anything, it might put you to sleep. Yeah. Um, but The Diplomat has got Kerry Russell in it. Okay. Oh, yeah. And she is um, basically, just to set it up, um, it's a very smart narrative show, very quick moving, set in the world of politics, mm-hmm. where she, where, where all of a sudden a, um, a, a sort of a military vessel, an, air, an aircraft carrier gets bombed just outside of Iran and everything gets set in motion. She is meant to be the diplomat, like the the um, ambassador to like, she's just about to go off to Afghanistan, I think. Sure. And then last minute they say she needs to now be the ambassador in London for America. Oh my goodness. And she all of a sudden gets put on this plane and she's, and, and there's all these sort of things in motion. Her husband also was an ambassador and it's it's just this really interesting look behind the curtain of how those people live their lives, mm-hmm. the way politics changes, the way if she says something at a speech, all of a sudden it's in the media and then these questions are happening and this is happening and it's fast, it's quick moving, but it's a very smart show. And I think you'd appreciate the intellect of the show. I like the sound of that. Um, is it wrong in me saying that, I, okay, so I really enjoy that. A TV series that I enjoyed that sounds kind of similar but more with like a comedic element was Veep. Yeah, so it's like... I don't know if you ever watched that, but that was was quite cutting. It was funny, 
but it was like a smart Parks and Rec. It was like yeah. a smart. No, no, no. Office. And those were you know, it was amazing. like an intelligent yeah. version of it. And no, it was and this very is, fast, very like, it did give me insight into like American politics and yeah. politicians. But and imagine so. this without the, without the comedy, without, without the, the reach for humor. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's that world mm. where all of a sudden you're like, this is what it's like. Like you get this. Meanwhile, you lined up for this. Meanwhile, yeah. only three people know this information, and you're privy to that. But then the other people don't know this. But oh and it's it's very interesting, and it's smart. The diplomat. Does it ever make you you watch things like that, and it makes you a little paranoid though? Like, I'm did you watch that, and you're like, oh, okay. I, I I don't go to dread. Okay. I think it's interesting that you. That you like default to dread and anxiety. Well, it's because I have. Uh, you have those specific <laughs> anxiety and depression, you, you, so we'll default to that. Yeah, if you if you built built with that, and if that's a part mm. of your life, no, I I've often had this fantasy of like, how great would it be, to to get, just like ten of the the top secrets, like if if the FBI or the CIA could be like. We do have an alien specimen, that or is, like, or like, yeah. you know AI, and you know where Google's going, and they've revealed yes. some stuff. But this is what we have. Can I tell you how deep my anxiety and paranoia goes? So you mentioned AI. So I'm on ChatGPT, like obviously whatever. Yeah, um, I've played around with it. I've played around I, with it I, a I number asked, of times. I asked ChatGTV uh, yesterday to describe what short straw, what the members of short straw look like. Because I wanted to see what it said, and it would that be like hilarious. It's like Russell um, wears uh, the occasional hat and beanie. Do you? But mo- no. Okay. You wear one fedora in a music video. Oh, gross! Ironically, Russell, no. But it was me being ironic. Oh, it was okay. me like an ironic fedora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because there is only one kind of fedora. Fair enough. And um, <laughs> and it's like, but mostly they mostly wear t-shirts and jeans, and it's a very casual True. look. Yeah. But it's so weird hearing to this, see like, yourself like yeah. describe. I haven't been, yeah, I haven't done that yet. Okay, but sorry, but what, what were you I saying? Will, but what I, what I have been doing is every time I make a request of AI, I'm always like, please, thank you. So literally, this is me. And I'm so crazy. I, I know this sounds unhinged. With the fact that you're being it's, polite to the yes, robot. Yes, I'm literally just me sitting in front of the thing going, please, can you do this for me? Thank you so much. Like, literally, that is how <laughs> I speak to yeah. AI. I don't just go describe this or tell me this or yeah. find this i'm yeah. like good morning i'm not joking i could show yeah. you my conversations i go good morning and then it goes good morning back to me and i'm like hope you're doing well could you please do this for me blah 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 blah. i speak to it kindly it's, because i'm paranoid yeah. about ai one day coming into power and then they will have <laughs> they will have access to all of our past conversations and they'll like, well, be like she was nice steph was she polite was, at steph least was really polite so i'm not gonna gun you down no exactly like she's one of the like good ones you know yeah. she's like She's a homie. Like, she's yeah. a human homie. She's an ally. So, like, exactly. She's an AI ally. <laughs> ally. ally. AI that's, ally. So, like, that's funny. how anxi- but, anxious I am. Yeah. Like, now this inf- now this kind of thing yeah. is, is every day. It's yeah. in our pockets now mm-hmm. and we can play with it. Mm-hmm. But at one point, this technology existed and nobody knew about it. Of course. And so, and so yeah, I would love to just take someone aside now or have them take me aside yes. and be like, where are we at? Like, what do we have? Lay it down for me. Like, what do we have right now? What is the most sophisticated thing that the world has now? It's one of my favorite questions to ask. And I think, okay, so I'm just going to be very honest with you now. 
I am autistic. So like, and that's not, yeah. I'm not being a joke. Like I'm diagnosed autistic. So I, when I go into social scenarios, I have a list of questions that I like to ask people. Cause again, I love learning about humans and human behavior. One of my favorite questions to ask people, you can learn so much about someone is if you could have one conspiracy theory mm-hmm. solved for you, you could ask like an all knowing Oracle about one sort of conspiracy theory or like question mark or mystery, human mystery. What question would you ask? What is that thing, that mystery, that whatever it is that you would like solved for yourself, where you would know the truth, you would know the answer. Yeah. And people have some wild, some people will be like, oh, you know, like what really happened with the Titanic? Who really shot John F. Kennedy? You know, like those kinds of things. Some people are like, what really is going on at Area 51? Very interesting. Yeah. And I I think the answer with some of those is like, Absolutely nothing. Oh, really? Oh. I think yeah, well, I'm not that I mean, person. Somebody killed John F. Kennedy, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, but I'm saying like in some of those cases, no it's like there's. It's just it is what it is. Like it's just yeah. bureaucrats sitting behind yeah. a desk. It's like yeah. it's not that interesting. They're like laughing at us. Yeah, it's like we've had a really good look at the universe, mm-hmm. and as far as the eye can see, which at this point is very far. We can't see any like life-sustaining planets. Are and our so, eyes good? Well, I'm speaking figuratively. Okay, like, fair enough. No, I know that. So am yeah, I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the oh, proverbial. Oh, I know what you're saying. Do you sorry, know what I'm sorry, saying? Sorry, like, sorry. is the human eye yeah, very yeah. good? Like, I don't know. To some it, degree, but yeah, I think the answer is sometimes a little more boring in real life. So I don't, yeah. I don't really live with any major conspiracy theories. Really? Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't keep me up. So I'm not quite sure. Not quite sure whether I could I give like you a juicy answer. I would like to know if there were aliens. But that's interesting. That would be my thing. Is that like life? Yeah outside of earth like i would just like to know just tell me yes or no you know yeah are we the only living beings in you know the yeah. greater universe or whatever yeah no That's i would i think i would i think i would probably head to that direction mm-hmm. if i had to ask some no like heaven or hell questions because that's also that's also a very common one that i get like yeah. is, you know who's right <laughs> like which religion is right yeah. uh, those are the kind of common answers that i get as well but you learn a lot about people that's an interesting question. The other nice one, nice little icebreaker is if you had to kill someone, oh. how would you go about it? Currently, oh, oh, okay. I thought you were going to ask me. No, it's like what would be your methodology to, to get away with a crime? Oh, that is good. I know. I have an answer already. Yeah. Wolf Spain. What is that? It's a plant. Yeah. And it uh, basically makes your heart stop. It just looks like you had a heart attack. And it's half-life inside of the body is very, very very small amount of time oh, so, they so when they take you for pick tasting it, pick it up even if they do it like an autopsy afterwards oh damn very frequently uh by the time the autopsy has happened or blood tests have happened or anything like that uh not only is it a undetectable because it's already been processed through your body but b people don't test for it because it's some old-timey witchy shit yeah. so it's like people haven't tested for it because it's who, got a cool name. Who Wolf has wolfsbane? You know what I mean? But you can grow it. Like it's a legit, it's a plant. You can grow it. Yeah. And you can put it in someone's smoothie, dude. Like it's, it's just Wild. a plant. There is a um, famous, well, it's a bit more of a unknown, but people are sharing it more and more. There is a garden somewhere. I think it's in the UK. Oh yeah. The poisonous garden. The poisonous the bit, yeah, the poisonous garden, garden which yeah. is just full people with faint all, and stuff. Yeah. But it's full, it's mm-hmm. filled with all these yeah. kinds of plants where it's like every single plant in this particular could garden you. could kill you. You have to sign like waivers and stuff before you go in. It's funny. The, the guy who does the tours is on TikTok and he, they have like a sign up that says how many have faint, how many people have fainted. It's been like, so many days since our last fainting incident because oh, wow. some people don't realize that they're going to be sensitive to the plants and even just sniffing the air around the plant makes them pass out, which is oh, quite wow. 
intense. I definitely want to go. Um, but you know, oleander, which grows frequently in South Africa, it's uh, in the Western I Cape. Know. It's uh, in a lot of the like the highways, the N2. It mm. grows in the middle of the N2, and I'm like, guys, like there's enough oleander here to kill the entirety of the mother city. Like, wow. what are we doing? Um, so yeah, it would be okay. a plant, and then when the person's dead, you um. You could just leave them there. You you could just leave them there because it wouldn't yeah. be found out. They've just had a heart attack. Yeah, that's if okay. you don't have access to Wolfsbane, you you know, maybe you want to like <laughs> knock them over the head, pass out or whatever. No, you, no, you've answered it. You've got you've to, answered do, it. You've got to do something with the body. You very, you very quickly you answered it. put it, it with the pigs. You, you perhaps answered it a little too quickly. Let the pigs eat the, the, the remains. Then there's also no evidence. Hello, you know, Snatch. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Is that in the movie? Yeah, Snatch. Oh, great. Okay. Um, I seen, only know that because my family are um, Yeah, farmers, there's a whole so. thing in, in Snatch about feeding him to the pigs. To the pigs. Yeah. Oh, is Snatch, what accent was that? Uh, like sort of British Cockney where the guy's like, I'm going to feed you All to right the pigs. All right governor. Yeah, like a little piratey. I'm going to feed you to the pigs. Yeah. And it's I'm all about Yeah, That was a good accent. <laughs> uh, well, I was then going to give you a nice fun fact, but okay. if you haven't seen the movie, then um, it's a bit a but bit give lost me the fun facts. I like the fun, fun fact is that one of the most famous characters in the movie Snatch. Which is, this is early Guy Ritchie. Okay, so oh. very ensemble cast. Madonna's ex-boyfriend, husband. It's funny that you know him as that. <laughs> For me, I know him as the director of Snatch. <laughs> he was most famous. Well, his first famous film was called. Uh, never mind. We'll cut that out. That's an interesting um, name for a movie. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, ah, fuck. Lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. Oh, I know that one. Okay. Yeah. So he made that first. I can't believe that nearly slipped my mind. And then Snatch was like the big one with some bigger actors. Mm -hmm. uh, most famous of which is this uh, character played by Brad Pitt, who um, is this kind of caravan pikey who's a boxer. Wow. And they need him to um, be knocked out in a certain round to fudge the outcome of this boxing fight okay. but he gets too involved and fucks the other guy up he's too good at his Obviously job Brad Pitt. but Brad Pitt uh, has this is most memorable because you can hardly make out what he's saying in the movie or is he supposed to be Irish well he's supposed to be this Irish? kind of pikey oh, okay. dude and so he talks about his mum's caravan fight for it for the caravan and you're not you don't really know what he says yeah and um, very famously um, for those who don't know, is that he actually hadn't had that character worked out literally until the night before he was going to shoot his scenes. He was like, he said to Guy Ritchie, I can't quite figure this out. I don't quite know the accents. Mm. I don't quite know the character. And then eventually it was decided, nobody really actually needs to know what you're saying. Like none of your dialogue it's actually like an implication. carries the actual narrative. Forward, yeah. And so they developed this, this accent where it's like you can hardly understand what he's talking about. Thugs. He says, thugs. You like dogs? Fetch for it. Oh, and he's saying dogs. Yeah. And he's meaning dogs. Yeah. Okay, I've seen, I've actually seen you've that. You've seen That's those on, uh, scenes or you've seen, seen, seen the movie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Funny enough. But listen, Steffi, we've had a, a lovely chat. And awesome. I don't want to keep you for too much longer. But I think I've found you some nice stuff. Have you found me some nice things? I think so. Okay. The Diplomat, to be okay, more that's serious. That's good. That's good. The Big Door Prize. Okay, yeah. Big Door Prize. Which is a great prize. show that's just going to keep giving. That one I need to see. Um, because it's. Is it British? No, it's, oh, it's it is he, okay. he he's British okay. as the main guy. Well, he's Irish. Yes. Um, but it's very much set in small town America. Okay, amazing. Um, but I think the nicest, charming thing which you can do this weekend is watch um, The Longest Third Date. Oh, my gosh. Which which will just go down like a glass of Coke. Like, it's it's easy. It's I not a difficult. so much. It's not a difficult watch. But I it's really it charming. I watch with my mom, actually. <laughs> it's very charming. And, it's, and I, I just 
always like when we get good characters, especially when they're real people, you know. And he, as the main guy, like proves to just be like a good dude, you know. And you like Aww. seeing him like yeah. trying to not only like give her space, but also like entertain them to have yeah. something to do t- so that Aww. they don't go insane. But he also like wants to be with her, and he like then <laughs> falls for her. Yeah, it's 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 a little more um, it's a little more um, love is blindy than I would have. Thank you. Typically watched, but I'm glad I watched it. I appreciate it. And I think it. that, like many, those were like the sort of good happy stories of that time, and it's quite nice to share them. I appreciate you knowing your video store customers and taking the time to get to know us (laughs) so that you can make good recommendations based on actually our desires and i said to you before we you know before we started chatting i was like i think i'm going to be pretty hard to figure out but i think you figure you've got got oh good you got it oh good man listen i'm going to give you a rating i'm going to give you a report card i'm going to watch all those recommendations and i'm going to give you a report card afterwards lovely tell you how you did thanks do you get employee discount Uh, at the video store who? You. Do you get employee discount? We, we, when, we, when no one's in the store, we watch. You just, you just watch? This, this is a great job. Okay. I, say it, I say it every episode. That nice. I think I've got one of the coolest jobs in the world. You definitely do. Because I just get to watch movies and series and talk about them with my friends. And talk to cool people. And interesting people. Yay. Yeah. Thanks, Diffy. Thanks for your time. Thank you. And thanks for the coffee. Cool. And the chat. And I'll see you soon. Goodbye. All right. That was Stephanie B., she is um she's a delight and she's a professional so she knew exactly how to use the microphone oh great <laughs> and speak speak eloquently into the mic not like anyone has really ever been that bad but mm. it was cool to to chat to her and she's also very open and honest it was cool she you know her her admitting some things about herself which you know which I appreciate um we spoke a little bit about Yellowstone. Have you guys ever watched Yellowstone? No, I don't is even know where it is. Series, Disney series with uh, Jeff Bridges. No. no it's uh, Kevin, Kevin Costner. Co- Kevin oh, Costner. A, I think it's a Paramount show with Kevin Costner. It's Paramount. Oh, that's why we, we never got it for a while, but it's now uh, Mnet. So that's the thing I wanted to um, put in this part of the show, which right. is the cash up where we can um, correct, ourselves. correct ourselves for all the things we said wrong in the moment. I say so many wrong things on our shows. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, that's what the cash-up's for. And it's also, if people are listening and you find the thing, that was a test and you passed. <laughs> so well done. And yeah, you can always chime in on Yeah, always let us know. On, this, on the socials. Um, so, but yeah, for those who haven't gotten the word, um, Yellowstone is on Mnet. So... It's on DSTV and catch up. Isn't it like a really popular show amongst conservatives? It's, it's well, I don't know about conservatives, but it's the biggest show in America right now. Right. So yes. It's the number one show. <laughs> and oh, then it's also to. got like a prequel show and then another prequel that's a sequel to the prequel, but still a prequel to the original. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what we get as we get into all of that in the oh, cool. in the episode. Yeah. So so all of that is out there for you. But Yellowstone for South Africans is available on Mnet. Okay. Um well it's Interesting. on DSTV. Yeah. Um, then the other thing to mention is we then started talking about 12 Angry Men, which <sighs> is what you and I watched in, um, lockdown. in lockdown, Yeah, which still slaps, baby. It slaps so hard. <laughs> it is it goes back film. to that like, simple premise that I think we need to go back to it whenever you're watching a movie 
and it doesn't feel like it engages and it's doing too much to try and get you to have fun or something. Right. And it's ham-fisted. Mm. You go back to 12 Angry Men and it's a bunch of guys in a room for like 90% of the movie. Yeah. yeah. And you know, you're totally captivated. All you need. Cause modern, yeah. modern movies tend to try and engage you through spectacle. Yes. As opposed through, through drama and tension mm. and things like this that. Is, exactly. this We've really out, lost that. Yeah. This plays out like a stage play. That's what I'm yes. saying in, the, in yeah. the chat. So the important thing to mention is that the lead is Henry Fonda. Yeah. Mm. I forgot that in the moment when I was chatting to her. And then I also had no fucking concept of time. <laughs> it was made in 1957. Cool. Okay. So uh, that is that sort of cash up. Cool. Okay. Um, <laughs> did, I, did I watch Network with you in lockdown? No. So that's also a Sydney Lumet. Is it oh, Lumet? Uh, Lumet? Lumet. Lumet film? I watched Possibly. that in uh, Adversity. Right. Okay. That's okay, cool. the, I'm mad as hell. And I'm not I'm afraid gonna, to say yeah. it. I'm not going to take it anymore. Oh, I'm not going to take it anymore. That's what he says. Yeah. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Mm. gorgeous no, there's gorgeous a bunch of those. I remember it also reminds me a little bit of Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, which was a very famous stage play that then oh, became yes. a movie. Yeah. El Pacino. All train compartments smell vaguely of shit. That's like how it starts. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like these these great monologues. Right. Um, but uh, now's our chance to just chat a little bit more. Mm. Um, I, I definitely want to, I don't know what you sound like what you're going to go say. No, I no. definitely want to come back to Guardians of the Galaxy. Cool. Because it's slightly more in the weeds sort of conversation to have around there. Because okay. something we were talking about afterwards, like yeah. immediate, was like these Marvel movies don't have like themes. Right. Yeah, right. that's what and I was I getting annoyed feeling, by. Like last night, I kept feeling, okay, I feel like I missed something with this film. Okay. And I realized this whole movie, right, is about a evil corporation, essentially, that is creating things. And then the best thing it can do when it creates something that has genuine imagination is it tries to exploit it and destroy it. Okay. And I was like, this movie's about Disney. Oh. It's about Disney and it's about Marvel. Right, okay. this literally evil, faceless corporation, literally faceless, right? Yes. Which who wear, mm. like wears a mask, and behind the mask is this grotesque thing. Yes. Right. But it's, I mean, that's what like the theme of the movie is about. So, like dawning me, I was like, wait a minute. What taking the oh. one, t- taking the one thing that's special? Yeah, taking things that are like special and then just exploiting them. You know, that's kind of what that whole movie is about, really, with this the Ooh. the high evolutionary. Yes. You know, and he like Trying creates to... worlds filled with like anthropomorphic animals and then just destroys them. You know? Right. It's about Disney. Oh, like James Gunn made an incredibly subversive movie without I don't think Disney even realized it. It's about Disney. Whoa. And about how fucking terrible they are. Okay, because the last time they did a self-aware commentary was She-Hulk when they went to go see the hive mind Kevin Feige robots in the Yes. Which was terrible. It was I thought, it was a, I thought it was a good idea. I didn't, yeah. I didn't The problem watch that with yeah. it was I watched it. Yeah. I watched it, it and I thought the only way this works is if this level of self-awareness actually has an effect. Right. And it means something. And going, oh, we're aware of the problems right. that we have, which it clearly didn't. It's, it's really interesting that um, I think that it, it talks about, I guess, Rocket Raccoon's uniqueness, right? Yes. And he's the, this object of desire that this evil guy's yeah. chasing. And I think that's like what you're talking about is is James Gunn is that mm. figure in well to like an extent, now in this, like it, in it, this late superhero era yeah. that we're in. I think like it can being, be a, 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 a analogous for a lot right. of filmmakers. Yeah, you know, sort of in the same way, Chef is John Favreau's film about making Iron Man two. You know, what? Sh- yeah, Chef is all about Iron Man two. His exp- think about it, it's a guy. It's a chef who wants to do original things and he creates something new and exciting. 
right? Yeah. And Iron then Man somebody, one. Yeah, okay. yes. And then he goes, okay, cool, we've done this thing, we've established ourselves, now what we need to do is flip the script and do something new. And he tries to do that when the, when the, chef, when the critic comes in. And then the manager of the, of the restaurant is like, no, you're going to do what you always do. You're going to do the same thing again. And that's what makes him quit. Oh, shit. It's about, it's about making Iron Man 2. That's what oh, that means. What? Have you, have you, is that what you think? Or have you heard him say that? He's kind of like hinted at it. I don't think he's outright said it because he still kind of works for Disney a lot. But it's, oh. it's kind of one of those well-kept secrets, or not so well-kept secrets that it's about that experience. Wow. I love that kind of story stuff. Right? What was the cool word you used? Elga what? Analogous. Analogous. It's an analogy. An, an, analogous. <laughs> analogy. Analogous. An, analogous. Yeah. Mm, to do with analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. To, okay. But yeah, like that's, that, it, it just made me go, I really need to watch Guardians of the Galaxy 3 again because I got something out of it afterwards. Right. And now I want to go back to it and say, am I like reading too much that into it? That is very cool. I think the theme I was looking for was something I could tie the narrative together but yes. more. Um, what where, do you mean? Why, 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 do you, why did you need a theme? So I think it's something that gives everything in the script value, right? It, it mm-hmm. like everything that friendship. happens and exists, and that they did the whole fucking thing to save their buddy. That's plot, though. Yeah, that is plot. I think it's like, like why do they and say theme are what give things meaning as yeah. opposed to it just being a story? Exactly, because then you can watch a story and it's fun, but then why do you think about that story again afterwards? Yeah. And there's right. no excuse for like a fun, silly movie to not have those things. I always think about Porco Rosso. The, oh, the Ghibli so one film. I haven't seen. It's, yeah, a, it's a Ghibli film yeah. called Porco Rosso. And it's about a man. He's, it's set after World War II, after World War I, I think. Set in the um, Adriatic Sea about like pilot, pilots, airplane pilots who he's are like, like a pig. pirates. He's, like a, he's pig. a pig man. He's, yeah. he's a man who has a pig's head. Yeah. And the whole thing is that he's been cursed to be this pig I, man. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it, the whole thing is that it separates him from everyone else. Okay. But the analogy there, again, analogous, the metaphor and the theme there is that he went to war. And now he is, because of his experience as war, he is forever separated from the rest of humanity because he's, like, traumatized by it. Okay. Right? And that's why he's cursed to be this pig man. Okay. And then when she's telling me about it, it's um, Hayao Miyazaki's commentary against the Iraq war. No, that was um, Hell's Moving Castle. So was that Hell's Moving war. Castle? All yeah, the, all of these stuff, I think it's it's stuff like that, that operates on a level where it's like social commentary, mm-hmm. but just in terms of the story itself, it's it's looking at why does I suppose Quill, you know, like what's the purpose of what happened to Quill at the end? I don't want to give it away to mm-hmm. any like listeners. Do we do that on the show? Not, not just on opening yet. weekend. Not on opening weekend. Yeah. Okay. Cool. No, we don't do that. Never mind. I'm not going to. <laughs> Bring that in, but it's like it's it's the it's the man trying to perfect life and create life and what that has to do with saving rockets, Um, and I suppose all the new life that they discover and what's the purpose in saving rockets and coming back to the guardians and continuing the guardians. Like, why is all that still happening? Mm. Um, Yeah, I didn't feel like I can't really make sense of why. Yeah, and that's what theme does. Yes, is if you go why the only movie ever made that has no plot. No character arcs, no themes, and has nothing to say that actually works as Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters says nothing, and it's about <laughs> nothing, but it's still perfect. And I can't explain why. Really? No plots? Dude, there's barely a plot. It literally has no themes. There's not yeah. a single character arc. It has nothing to say, and it's still perfect. Damn. Why? Okay. And then Ghost, because go and watch Ghostbusters 2, right? It has character arcs, and it has like 
a theme and it has yes. a message and it's worse at every complete every single way damn and again i don't know why yeah like the former film student in me is reeling yes <laughs> you can't figure it out yeah yeah it's been a while since i watched ghostbusters oh you should yeah yeah i must say i'm not necessarily always looking as deep as theme we can't it's, help it. Yeah. yeah, we can't help it because we went to film school. Yeah, I mean, I also, I also went to film school, and I only saw <laughs> it. But I don't, I don't know whether I see it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting sort of like the sort of second layer of of watching. Yeah. yeah. What did you guys do for Star Wars Day? Uh, absolutely nothing. I started watching A New Hope, just because I was like, this is the film cool. that marks this this yes. celebration. And I was remembering a thread I discovered on Twitter where we're talking about themes and commentaries mm-hmm. beyond the film, right? where Star Wars is George Lucas's basically commentary against America and their involvement in the Vietnam War. The Empire is America. Yeah, yes. the Empire is America. <laughs> yeah. And the Rebel Alliance and their tactics are what the Viet Cong right, how would an, use to fight how against. How analogous of him. Right? <laughs> Super well done. Right. Ding, ding, um, ding, ding. <laughs> but yeah, it's like George Lucas is a little bit of a socialist. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, hard. Yeah. And, and it's like, I love it when people like these days are like, oh, Star Wars is better before it got political. Star Wars is like, political what? now. Star Wars has been political. That's us. It's been a rebel line story. I just story. keep quiet for like a second and you guys just slip into Star Wars. <laughs> we need to do our Star Wars it episode was, and it get was, it out of our system. It was May the 4th last week. Like, yes. No, 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 sure. No, sure. Yeah. And, you, and we should have actually somehow done something with yeah, that. We, we should we have. We spoke about it and never got yeah. around to it. We screened Spaceballs at the Bioscope. I still haven't watched it. Glorious success. Oh, you've never seen Spaceballs? Never seen Spaceballs. I don't, I don't know how well it's aged. I don't know if it's still good or not. Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> well, we did it under the banner of Cheesy Movie Night. Cool. That okay, was the yeah, point of the Bioscope. So, yeah, so you, you, you open the door. You leave the door open for cheese. Okay. And whatever smell of cheese there is, it can yeah. vent through cool. the, through the cool. door that you leave open. I love that. <laughs> Um, no, it's it's an excuse to, I love to play Brooks. Oh my God, I love Mel Brooks yeah. so he's, much. Have you seen funny. Blazing Saddles? Yes. Sure. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Mm. I'd like cry life in that movie. And then now his History of the World Part 2 is out on Disney+. Plus. Mm. I still need to see Part 1. Same. Wait, yeah. Is he still alive? Yeah. yeah. He's old. And he's he's old. in his 90s. Yeah. But he's still do- doing it. Yeah. I mean, Ridley Scott is in his 80s and he's still directing movies. Making Napoleon. Yeah. Oh, is that something coming up? Yeah, with Joaquin Phoenix. Which, but I, I'd really hate it when they do this with movies, Why? right? When they s- announce them and they have a more interesting title and then they change it to something boring. Oh, what? Because it's just called Napoleon. It was originally called Kitbag. Well, Kitbag? The Kit Napoleon bag. movie was called yes, Kitbag. Because there's, there's a saying, and I don't, I, I assume it's associated with Napoleon in some way, that says every soldier has a general staff in his Kitbag. Essentially saying every soldier aspires to be a general. Okay. And so that's why they call it Kitbag, because that's saying, and I assume that's associated with Napoleon in oh, no, some way. No, a producer's never going to let that happen. And I was like, that's a no, way better title. That, uh, no, no, I'm afraid it isn't. I'm like, that's more... <laughs> no. Yes, I think it's a way better title than Napoleon. That's boring. Oh, mm, I suppose. Boring. I, I, I totally get what you're saying. But, but a lot of the times that, like, a, a, a production shooting will have a fake name. Yes. Another yeah, working like title. Like Harvest. What? Blue mm. Harvest. Blue Harvest. Or Star Wars working title. Oh, was, was it? His production yeah. title was Blue yeah. Harvest. Uh, interesting, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always comes back to Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Taking it back, baby. <laughs> yeah, magic. And um, yeah, when, uh, throw to an episode coming um, is a great chat with David Enright, the guy who was the director of Devil's Dorp. Right. Cool. And even in our backyard, even in South Africa, they put these productions under fake names because mm-hmm. they didn't want to attract too much attention. To yeah, what, to what they were doing. 
Cool. So it's, it's yeah, because you can imagine a production called Devil's Dorp moves into Cruise yes. Dorp and starts filming people. Oh, no. The <laughs> people locals would will have their a field day. Up, they, yeah. Would, yeah. they would not want to get involved. So they did it all under like kind of aliases. It's Amazing. But yeah, Diddy's, uh, thank you for your, your time. Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. We watched an interesting movie now. We've just come from a preview, which we'll talk about in a future episode. Yeah. But yeah, we're watching lots of movies now. It's very cool. <laughs> and it's cool to go to these premieres and it's cool yeah. to be a part of it. And it's yeah. cool to be on these kind of release schedules with all these major distributors. So it's nice to be able to talk about these movies ahead of time mm. before yes. they come out with these time. It, and I think we're getting better as the video store in, in having our conversations remain very up to date, which has always been our, our strongest part of this yeah. conversation have it be as as up-to-date as possible so mm. lacquer yeah all right duties cool end of the day let's uh we've cashed up let's turn off the lights let's go home nice all right chills. see you tomorrow bye bye <laughs> see you next week oh yeah <laughs> i mean we're coming to work once a week <laughs> <laughs>